I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Marriage Podcast. Let me talk to y'all about something, man. Absolutely not wish not trade for John Collins. You John uh, you supposed to be Trey Young sidekick. He don't want to even be Trey Young sidekick, bro. You supposed to Trey Young, you know what I'm saying? Batman, you supposed to be robbing, bro. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network, free from Twitter jail. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The trade machine matriarch. The one more thinking, what you got for me, Isaac Harris? It's trade season! Come on down. I am so excited. This is one of my favorite weeks of the whole year. Just it's rumors. Inc- I love it all. It's an incredible week where just the thought of someone having interest, a team having interest in another player just like makes Twitter go crazy. It's great. This year seems a little bit more subdued than years than years past. It's kind of a weird season. There's a lot of buyers, not a lot of not a lot of sellers, but deals always happen. Uh, NBA GMs say that nothing ever happens in the end. Nothing would ever happen in the NBA without a deadline, which all of us procrastinators can understand. And so this is the week, right? This is the week where the deadline happens. And so if you're going to make a move, then make a move. Uh, want to invite you guys to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nick Van Exit. Isaac is at Isaac L Harris. Get Isaac to 10,000 followers. He's getting, he's getting up there. Uh, you can also follow us at lockdown Mavs on Twitter. We are, Posting every single one of these podcasts on video on the WFAA website. Go to WFAA, go to sports, and go down to the middle of the page. I think we have a link on the on the uh, pinned tweet in our Twitter account, Lockdown Mavs. So go check that out if you want to watch us. Also, coming, maybe, possibly, soon this week, possibly, mm. Lockdown Mavs YouTube channel with us on there. So come check that out if you're interested. Look out for that in the future. Follow us on Twitter for that. So today's you can episode watch is my brought pretty to- face every day. <laughs> today's episode if you can get your camera angle right today's episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your next order we got some we got some bars to talk about because we got some free ones today and we're talking about some new dumb. flavors on today's show we are going to break down all the trade rumors that the mavericks have been in uh that they have been mentioning at least all the ones we think are, are semi or at least a little credible so we're going to get into all those We'll talk a lot about John Collins, talk about Aaron Gordon, get into all the Debo possibly, a couple other things that'll that'll stick out that we want to get into. So we'll get into all that and uh, and talk about all those tons of trade rumors. Um, let's start with this this small one. Brad Townsend, Dallas Morning News reports that teams are interested in Dorian Finney-Smith. I'd have I'd, I'd be really curious to see if the Mavs what they would take for Dorian Finney-Smith, but it makes sense, you know, theoretical three and D wing. Four million this year, four million next year. Really tradable contract, and uh, yeah, the, I don't think the Mavericks will trade him unless it's part of a deal to get a better player. But it's it's interesting to hear that teams are interested in him. Yeah, well, I mean, Dorian is. I mean, he's one of the best defenders on on this team. Uh, wing defender, versatile. We just saw him, you know, play Damian Lillard, guard him for a majority of the game the other night, and. You know, is Dorian the guy who's going to be the centerpiece to bring in a massive all-star? Probably not. <laughs> I think he would even tell you that. Uh, but but the the whole thing with Dorian, yeah, I mean, 
I don't think Dallas, if you're Dallas, you're not sitting there saying, hey, let's just go see Dorian's value across the league. It's more of, okay, if you have, if there's a a player that you are interested in, that that is the clear upgrade at that spot and Dorian has to be in the deal, it shows you that teams across the league do value Dorian across the league. So I don't know. Take it for what it's worth. Yeah. Just thought that it was interesting that they're, that teams are interested. Um, it's yeah. Just- all interest all around. <laughs> and uh, we're, we are going to do, probably tomorrow, go through our 3 and D wings across the league. We've done centers. We've done secondary creators. We're going to do that soon. Go through the entire league. And let me tell you, I went through a bunch of names. There's not a ton, right? Like, you can get through probably 15 to 20 names, and then Dorian Finney-Smith is the next best, like, 3 and D wing. <laughs> yeah. It's just a scarce position right now, especially considering some of the 3 and D wings are, like, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Ka- Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, right? Like, those guys are way above what you think a 3 and D wing is, but we still consider them. So And for, and for its cost, too. I mean, Dorian's right. contract, like you said, $4 million a year. I mean, that's a steal. I mean, we talk about Maxi all the time. Maxi at $8 million a year. I mean, that's a steal right there. So... The contracts make them even more appealing. And it's one of the reasons why we say we wouldn't trade Dorian, right? It's, mo- it's, a, lot of, it's a lot of it because of the contract, the, the type of player you're getting for the contract. It's not that he's this some incredible, irreplaceable player. It's the, it's the type of player, the level of player with the contract that he has. Those mm-hmm. three things together make, us, make him, in our eyes at least, pretty, pretty untouchable in trades for a team that wants to get better and wants to you know, make some big moves. So... Thought that that was an interesting rumor from Brad. A couple other things from Brad as we go through this. But uh, Kevin O'Connor dropped a pretty big piece on Sunday or this weekend about a bunch of different rumors, a bunch of different stuff. He mentioned Andre Drummond again, so we kind of have to talk about it. Uh, the Mavs have had trade talks with the Cavs involving Drummond. Sham Sharania also confirmed this. Uh, but Sham said that the Mavs would more likely be interested in a buyout with Andre Drummond, and the Lakers and Nets are two teams that would also be interested in a Drummond buyout. Um, if Drummond gets bought out and he has to choose between the Nets, the Lakers, and the Mavs, what would possibly get him to choose the Mavs over the Nets and like, could you even like form an argument, maybe playing time? I'm trying to think of like the weather route food in Dallas. I don't taxes taxes possibly. I mean, I, the whole thing is Dallas has Porzingis. Like if Dallas didn't have, let's just say Porzingis was like a point guard or a wing. And there was a clear hole at the center spot. And there and that was just there for him to just step in as the starter and play 30 minutes a night. I would say I would approach that of, you know what? All right, we might have a chance at the buyout stuff. But there's a legit chance that he would start for the Lakers tomorrow if he was bought out today. So that's the if you have a chance to chase the title for the Lakers, the Nets is a little bit more iffy just because they do have DeAndre already. They already have Blake Griffin and Nick Claxton's young guy. But I mean, if it's the Lakers or Mavs. I mean, if Drummond joins Dallas and a buyout, would he start? Probably not. And then even if he comes off the bench, well, while KP's the five, he comes off the bench. I mean, how, mu- how many minutes is he going to play with KP? I, so th- that's my thing. And I think if some other playoff teams, especially a title contender, is offering him the chance to start and to play big minutes, I, I think he's taking it, especially if they're in Los Angeles. 
Yeah, that's going to be a tough sell. And so I'll be really interested to see if that happens. If it does, then hey, good for Dallas, right? They made a good case and compelling case and a better case than a, you know, a title team. So, and maybe that's We've says been all about, about Drummond and Dallas since day one on this pod. So, <laughs> we've been all about talking about it. I don't know. Not, if we've not at all. No, we're, 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 we're not for that. Um, so, yeah, that was a rumor that was mentioned. But big thing was John Collins. Mavericks were reported to have significant interest in a trade for John Collins. The Hawks want a young player and a first-round draft pick to make the deal or a package similar. Um, so they want they want stuff, and they want these things. We've mentioned John Collins a bunch of times on this podcast, but today let's get into it. Let's talk about what John Collins would look like, what the trade would have to be, all that kind of stuff. Uh, another thing, one thing about John Collins, he's restricted this summer. So it's not like if the Mavericks miss a trade on him that they can't get him, but it's really hard. Like it's really hard to get a restricted free agent. You have to hit them at just the right spot. Uh, the Clippers just made a trade, by the way, for like with Fiondo Cavangeli and a future second to the Kings. Oh, this is a so, precursor. It's setting so, up something. Yeah. The Clippers just, just opened a roster spot. So they're doing something else. Uh, Here it comes. Locked on Clippers guys have always been talking about if they're going to make a move, Fiondo Cavangeli has to be the first one out. (laughs) So he just got traded. Um, (laughs) So with John Collins, though, he's restricted. So this this upcoming offseason, when the Mavericks have max cap space, they can offer to John Collins, but the Hawks can always match. They can always match it. And then if if the Mavericks do sign him to an offer sheet – the Hawks can hold their cap space captive for like three days, right? And that is really, really tough, especially right now when everything has to happen so fast, free agency is so fast, because if they offer an offer sheet to John Collins, that means that all their options have kind of been let go, right? Like then all of a sudden they give up any other options to use that cap space on pretty much, unless there's guys like Danny Green that, you know, last, last offseason waited until the very end and... Um, you know, signed then, and the Mavericks were almost in on were in on that, but he decided to cho- choose the Lakers instead. So, it, it's really tough this summer or this off season if you know they don't get a trade. So, I'd be interested in a trade for John Collins for sure. I'm not sure he's the exact fit or answer, but to some of our listeners' points that they made on our locker room last week, um, we will uh the Mavericks need to do something with this cap space and something with this. Um, you know, with some of their assets, because if they lose it for nothing and they just re-sign guys like Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Richardson, they just re-sign this team and bring it back, then missed out on a huge opportunity. So just get something of talent, like something of value. And then hopefully you can use some of your future draft picks as the years go on and, you know, drafts start going through and you can take John Collins as a talent, the draft picks, you know, some of the young guys and then package that all together for somebody else. So, I'm kind of on that end. If they, you know, just do something with it. And if they if they trade for him now, then he's their restricted free agent and then he can, you know, then the Mavericks can sign him over the cap and all that. Yeah, I'll say this part and then maybe the next segment we can actually talk about basketball fit with Collins and Dallas. But yeah, like you said, restricted guy. I think so much of this trade deadline for a lot of teams will be about, you know, rights heading heading into the offseason. Guys like Lonzo, John Collins, Larry Markin, and even guys like Victor Oladipo that we've talked about. I'm sure we'll talk about this pod later on that, you know, if they trade for Victor Oladipo, they can go into the offseason. Then they have the rights of Oladipo. They have they have the bird rights, not restricted. Right? You know, Oladipo could walk somewhere else. But if they wanted to bring back, you know, Oladipo, Tim, Tim Josh, all those guys, if they you know finish the season on Dallas, they could. But going back to Collins angle. The the I'm going to be picky window is closing. And we've talked about that. 
of, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to find the perfect fit, perfect fit. We've, you know, what player, you know, will fit next to Luca and KP and these guys. And, you know, if you go into next off season and you still look for that perfect fit or, you know, that I'm picky window is starting to, we say, we talk about that. It, it closes whenever Luca signs that, you know, that big extension coming off his rookie contract doesn't completely close. Can you get, you know, good players after that? For sure. It just becomes really a lot more difficult when you have two guys on big time contracts. Then you factor in, if you re-sign Tim, re-sign Josh, Dwight's still there, Max is still there, blah, 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 blah. So it'd just be harder. So in the John Collins angle, there is a significant case that I would, I could listen to of if he's willing to come here and you could get him without, you know, having to get whatever it is, then you just do it and figure it out later on and figure out if he's long-term or figure out if KP's long-term or what you do the trade. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would, okay. Well trade sign. I, I was just talking about just Collins. If he's not a perfect, fitter, I don't, I think it's beyond the perfect fit thing at that point, because if you're sitting there next summer and saying, should I hand John Collins a, a super big contract? If there's no one else out there, you might be better off just to do that and to look at, you know, reevaluate eight months down the road, a year down the road, however long, and say, all right, is Collins fitting here? Can Collins and Porzingis fit? Maybe. Actually, coming up next, we're going to talk about the basketball fit between John Collins, Kristaps Porzingis, and Luka Doncic. Talk about that coming up. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is a social audio platform made for sports fans. So you go on Locker Room, you download it from the App Store. It's only available for Apple right now. They're making an Android platform soon. But you go down there, you can follow me at Nick Van Exit, and you can see whenever we go live, join the NBA group, join the MFFL group. We will go live on Thursday. So trade deadline, when it's done, after a couple hours after the trade deadline, we will go live on Locker Room, talk about what the Mavs did do, what they didn't do. So go join us there. It's the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the league. So go subscribe, not subscribe, <laughs> download the podcast, <laughs> download the Locked On, the Locker Room app, and uh, go follow us on there. Follow a whole bunch of other people. There's other Mavs fans on there. There's other people doing rooms all the time. So if you're interested, you can come up and talk to us. You can use the chat feature. This is kind of our way of replace, replacing Hot Mic, what we used to do. And so come join us on the Locker Room app. Go download the free Locker Room app. Currently available for all iOS devices. And be sure to create a profile. Link your Twitter account. Join the groups that you're interested in. There's all kinds of other ones, too. And then you can also be notified when I go live with our Locked On Mavs room. So, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Also, check out rockauto.com. There's all kinds of makes and models of cars. And how do you know where to find the right parts? Go to rockauto.com. That's the answer. You can see all the parts available for your car or truck right in front of you. You don't have to go search around a store or try and search around a shopping complex. Like, who wants to go and try and find, all right, where do they sell car parts? All right, where, now I have to go here. Now, okay, they don't have this part that I need at this store. I have to go somewhere else. You can just go to rockauto.com, search the make, the model, the year, all that kind of stuff for your car, and find the exact part for you. So, Go check out rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you again. Rockauto.com right in locked on in their how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Also check out the Lockdown Today podcast, talking all things NCAA tournament with Peter Bukowski. 20 minutes or less, all the sports news you need. Go subscribe to Lockdown Today. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into John Collins. So 
The Mavs have shown significant interest in John Collins. Uh, Chris Haynes said that the Mavericks proposed an offer for Maxi Kleba for John Collins and that the Hawks were not moved by that deal. Obviously, I don't think that's the only thing that they offered him. <laughs> I don't know if they offered him like straight up. I'm sure there was other stuff involved, but um, that deal straight up didn't work. I, I could see John Collins replacing Maxi as you know the other starter in you know next to Porzingis in the starting lineup. What would that lineup look like, and how would that fit on the court? Yeah, so you look at Collins. Collins, 23, makes $4 million this year. Last year, he put up 21 and 10, so he can rebound the basketball pretty well, too. Uh, I think the surprising thing that if you're not following John Collins' career, I think you know the average person would look at it and say, all right, he's just an athletic you know, big, that he can shoot the ball really well. You know, He's shooting 37% from three this year. I think he shot 40% from three last year. And so... And he can roll to the rim. He can catch lobs for days. So I think fit with Luca, you could envision him running the pick and pop or pick and roll with Luca. I mean, that could be a deadly, you know, pick and uh, pick and roll combination between the two. The biggest question is the fit with KP because the fit with Capella was questioned when they brought Capella in. It's like, all right, how can he fit next to, you know, Capella, all this stuff. I think it's worked out a little bit better than I thought it would. Just because Collins can shoot the three compared to, you know, Capella can't. I guess I want to flip it to you. What's the best, what's the best idea? Okay, we can agree John Collins is not a five, right? He doesn't have the defense. No, not a five. He's a small, he's a small ball five. Like he can run him in some lineups. Depends on who the other five is, but yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're going against like Daniel Tice, you can roll out John Collins yeah. as, as your five. But a lot of the fives out there, you can't. And that's where you that's the biggest difference between Maxi and John Collins when it comes to defensively. Maxi is an incredible defender. John Collins, I would not put him in that same category defensively, but John Collins' offensive game and offensive, I don't know. I was gonna say quiver, but that's not skill set. The right skill set, yes, is uh is bigger than you know, bigger than Maxi's. So I get, what I was gonna ask you is what's the ideal center next to John Collins? Is it a rim rolling guy like Capella or is it a stretch five like KP or does it even matter? Man, I feel like it has to be a, I feel like it has to be some kind of guy that defends the rim really well and also can step out and shoot, which ideally would be Porzingis, right? Like Porzingis playing at his best. That would be the guy that you would want, right? Because Remember the whole thing last year about starting Dwight Powell next to Porzingis, the Mavericks answer for that. Why are they going to do that? Why not just play KP at the five? Well, we're playing Porzingis at the, at the, you know, at the four, because he can play the five. He can play the four on offense. And what was it? The four on offense, the five on defense. And then Dwight Powell can play the five on offense and the four on defense. And John Collins can Mm. do that. Yeah, he can. And by yeah. the way, we, when when I had uh, Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks on the podcast a couple you know a couple weeks ago when we talked about the the Mavs and Hawks game, uh, he said John Collins' defense has really improved over the first couple years of his career, and said that he's become a solid to like decently good defender in the league. So he's not like a guy that he's not uh, like Trey Young. So he, he's not a yeah. negative on defense. So yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not that. So. Um, he would, would you be co- totally would you tear be- apart their defense if you replaced you know him with Maxi? He would, he would definitely be an asset to the offense too for sure. Yes, that's that's where I land on it. 
kind of in the same vein as Zach Levine, a little bit in the sense of I don't think it's a perfect fit, but would I be mad that it happened? No. Not like Andre Drummond. If Andre Drummond happened, all out. Sorry. John Collins happens. I'm like, okay, probably a little bit overpay because you're probably going to have to hit around the max number for him. But you know what? It could be worse fits. I think he, he would fit great next to Luca. We'll figure, figure it out. Now, another number I want to throw at you. Are you comfortable in two years with having 60 million of your cap in KP and John Collins? Yeah, that's the big question right there. And two no, front court the, guys? Yeah, the answer is no there. That's another thing with these guys, right? Like, you don't want to put that much money. We, we pay, you, They paid KP that money, and right now, you know, Mavs fans, KP averaging, like, what, 12 points a game his last three games and not having a real good stretch here. That number, all of a sudden, you look real frustrated by that number. But you only pay a guy if he's going to be that type of talent, and – you need to invest in some of your perimeter guys a lot more, right? We, we've seen the Mavericks need and you know improve the secondary creator, improve a three and D guy, and all that kind of stuff. And those may be higher for me than another front court player, as far as things that the Mavericks should do first. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure about putting all that money, but it would be a talent play, right? You'd try yes. it and see what happened, but it's a ta- it'd be a talent play for me because John Collins is really good, and then he'd look incredible next to Luca, I think. Oh, yeah. And you know, and he already does next to next to Trey Young, so you know that that's going to work out. He's and already so, used to playing with somebody who will handle the ball a ton and shoot the ball a lot. <laughs> yes, the, 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 he the could thing come that, to Dallas and play with a, a good player. Coming up, we'll do a longer segment at the end here, but I, I'm interested as to why the Hawks aren't wanting to pay him, and then why the Mavericks would come out and just com- play pay him like that whole huge max deal. So I'm interested in that. Interested to see. You know, what the Mavs offer would have to be for John Collins. Should they do it? We'll talk about that. And then there's other kind of rumors swirling around. We'll touch on those briefly at the end here, and uh, we'll get into all that. So we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, betonline.ag is the one place to check out your sports betting. You can put some money down. NCAA tournament, they have games all the time. Let's see if they have odds for the Mavericks yet. I don't think that they will. But you can check out NCAA games. You can check out March Madness, all kinds of stuff. They uh, they update it live, so odds are changing all the time. If you see an odd or a you know a spread that you really like, get on it right then because it can change in a matter of hours. So go on there, betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. They have a couple of game props, actually, for the NBA. They have a Hawks-Clippers one for Monday, so you guys are, already missed this, but... Uh, if the Clippers win by three or six, three to six points plus four seventy five, Clippers win by ten to thirteen points plus five seventy five. So they have all kinds of interesting stuff like this all the time. NBA specials with trade props. Aaron Gordon's next team, Houston Rockets are the odds on favorite. Boston Celtics next, then Warriors, then Blazers, Timberwolves, then Nuggets. Andre Drummond's next team if traded. Guess who's the leader in the clubhouse according to BetOnline.ag? Here we go. Dallas Mavericks plus 150. John Collins next team if traded. Guess who's the leader in the clubhouse according to betonline.ag? Charlotte. Dallas Mavericks plus 200. Celtics are plus 250. Timberwolves plus 300. Sacramento Kings and then Pistons. So that's for John Collins. If you want to bet on that, that's pretty interesting. Put some money down. Go to betonline.ag. Use that promo code locked on. Get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Isaac. Yes. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Mm. I got the churro bars in the mail today. The churro puff. It's marshmallow. It's real soft. It's like biting into marshmallow fluff. If you ever had that on a sandwich with peanut butter, delicious. Mm, so but good. churro puff bar. 
I loved it. You didn't like it. I didn't like it. I just didn't like that consistency. I think the flavor was really good. But this is the benefit of Built Bar. The fact that they can offer different consistencies, different types of bars. That's the that's what impresses me the most about them. So if you don't like the puff like like me, I have so many other options on there that I can click on and be like, all right, I just want a normal bar. Or I want the coconut brownie one that keeps on selling out. And my wife was the exact opposite. She doesn't like a lot of the other Built Bars, but she loved the Churro Puff Bar. So if you've tried these in the past and didn't like it, go check out the Churro Puff or some of these other Puff Bars because they're incredible. I really like this one. I like all the Built Bars pretty much, but this one I really, really liked. I I just like them. It's just me. I'm I'm telling you the truth. I told them the truth that you didn't like one of the other ones. So Uh, The only ones I haven't liked are... um, I don't like the... Oh, what was the one? I can't remember it. I didn't reorder them. <laughs> There's a couple I didn't reorder. Like the, the toffee ones. I don't like the toffee ones. I'm just That's just not a flavor I like. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check out the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. All kinds of good stuff on there with NCAA Tournament. Subscribe and follow on Locked On NBA Draft. All right, Isaac Harris. John Collins. KOC said that the Hawks want one young player and a first-round draft pick to make the deal happen. So the Mavericks can technically do that, right? They could do Josh Green, the 2000, um, either 27 pick, 26 pick. They could do 2025 pick if they remove the protections on the pick that they sent to the Knicks in the Porzingis trade. Like they can, they can make that happen if they really wanted to. Yeah. I just come back to the thing that you you said last segment. Why do it, why why does Atlanta want to like let him go? And that's that's what I like. Atlanta is a younger team. They're trying to make the playoffs. They've won a ton of games in a row. This I don't past think off it, season they just did this thing where they're like anybody with talent come on our team, right? Like they just did this huge yeah. talent play. Why would they let go of a talent for basically young potential? Yeah, so I don't get it. I don't think he gets traded. That's just my gut reaction to it because I think if you're Atlanta, it kind of goes back to the asset thing we were talking about from Dallas' angle. But we also saw, you know, Sacramento let Bogdan, you know, walk for nothing. It's like, all right, let John Collins hit restricted free agency, then freaking just pay him. And then you have a trade asset in six months or however long it is. And, you know, we've heard, you know, Bogdan's name on the market and stuff. He has, you know, he's had up and down season with injuries and stuff. But I, I just don't understand why a team like Atlanta, and is it a red flag when a younger team like Atlanta, who is fighting for the playoffs, similar to Dallas, is just willing to let him go because they don't want to pay him? Uh, and they're not, it's not like they have another guy at that position that you're saying, I mean, I guess Capella, I mean, you're not going to, or are you not going to pay John Collins because you have a Gallinari on your roster making 20 million? Like, I don't know if I'm choosing Gallinari over John Collins when. You know, there's a big age difference between the two. Like almost a decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> almost yeah, so. nearly. Almost nearly half of two decades. Um, the So, yeah, John Collins, it's very strange. But if it's talent play and the Mavericks make it, then I think we would be behind it. It makes more sense to me than a drum in age-wise, shooting-wise, you know, fit-wise a little bit there. Uh, actual play. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So that's why we do that instead of that. Any other thoughts on John Collins? I think we kind of moved past it. No, I mean, just what I was saying a while ago. I don't think, you know, it's not the perfect fit, but I don't. I think the, the window for what's perfect uh, is going to be closing over the next year. And if John Collins is what you land on, 
then sure, there are much, much worse options out there. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, according to um, KOC, the Rockets, Warriors, Celtics, Timberwolves, and Blazers have all had talks with the Magic for Aaron Gordon. Orlando is seeking a mix of young players and first-round picks for Gordon, and someone might be willing to bite on that. Sham said that the Rockets offered two first-round picks to the Magic for Aaron Gordon. Um, Brad Townsend speculated that it would take Dorian Finney-Smith, Brunson, and maybe a couple first-round picks, at least one first-round pick, to get Aaron Gordon. Is that worth it to you? Let's just say it's that deal. Dorian Finney-Smith, Jalen Brunson, and then a future first-round pick. You see, you're asking the wrong guy because I haven't been like a huge Aaron Gordon fan back, yeah, for years now. I just think I never understood what he was. I still, you know, a few years down the road, I'm still not – like I would much rather, much rather have John Collins than Aaron Gordon. And Really? I would, yeah, I would. I I get the defensive like upside of Aaron Gordon, but he's, I'm still, I just don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of out. But I mean, if they got him once again, I would prefer Aaron Gordon over Andre Drummond for sure. But I just, I've always wanted more from Aaron Aaron Gordon. And is this a product of Orlando of them trying to pigeonhole him into the, the three spot for what two years there? And we're like, no, he cannot play the three. He's like a four or small ball five. Him next to KP, not the worst fit in the world. Like I could see that. No, I mean, that'd be good. It I would. Think. It would be an upgrade over Dorian. I get that for sure. Are we willing to give up our secondary creator, the only other creator on the team outside of Luca and Brunson, Dorian, and those first round picks? Like those first are like the only thing that we're holding on to. And once you trade those two first, I mean that takes you out from any big deal for years to come. Five so, years almost. Like Yeah, I just don't I just don't know if Aaron Gordon like if they get Aaron Gordon in that deal, does that raise the ceiling of this team? Like that's the, that's the that's the thing for me is that yes Aaron Gordon would be an incredible fit and of course if the Mavericks could trade for him this year and not have any future implications right like not not take any names off the table in the future heck yeah I'd be for it I think he's a great fit I think he's an upgrade over Dorian Finney-Smith for sure I think he's a classic example of a guy that's never played with a good point guard right the guy that could definitely yeah. use like could he hit some of these open Dorian Finney-Smith shots. Like, yeah, I, th- I think probably, Possibly. right? If he can hit some of those, if he can defend a lot better than Dorian Finney-Smith, which I think he can, then all of a sudden you're talking about somebody. And he can do a little bit off the dribble too, which the Mavericks have been able to take advantage. Dorian Finney-Smith's added that to his game because it was available to him, right? He can pump fake and drive if somebody closes out on him and there's tons of space because KP's pulling the defense all the way out to the perimeter. So I think he would thrive in Dallas and do really well. He'd be an incredible defender. Him, Josh Richardson... If they could keep Maxi and somehow pull off that kind of a lineup, if they really wanted to go small and had to defend somebody, Maxi, Aaron Gordon, Josh Richardson, Luca, and then insert another player, all of a sudden that's an incredible defensive lineup if you wanted to do something like that. The thing is, it's it's the future, right? If you're talking about multiple first-round picks, then I'm out because the Mavericks, if they're going to do that, if they're going put to put those two assets on the table, it has to be for this is going to get us to the title, right? Like yep. This is going to yep. be a move that takes us to the title. And I don't think Aaron Gordon is that. I think he's a great player. He'd be a great fit, but they have to be selective. Yeah, at this, at this point, you have you know Luka, top five player, and you have you know KP. You don't want to just throw all your stuff for Aaron Gordon. And then what if Aaron Gordon doesn't work in Dallas, right? What if he fizzles out? You want to you want to get a surefire talent for that. You want to get a Brad Beal type. You want to get you know somebody that you know. All right, if I take him from his spot and move him to you know 
to Dallas. He's going to work no matter what. And the Mavericks need another sure thing, right? Like there's so many not sure things with the Mavericks. We talk about KP all the time being not really a sure thing at this point. Tim Hardaway Jr., he's up and down. Brunson, he can, he brings it, but at his level, you know, Josh Richardson is not necessarily a sure thing every single night as far as being like a 20 point per game scorer or being, you know, an elite defender. So the Mavericks need a sure thing. (laughs) And I don't think that Aaron Gordon would be that sure thing. So, yeah, I'd be for a deal like that. I'd be excited about it. I'd be interested to see how it would work out. But I think going forward, I don't think the Mavericks are in talks, and I don't think that they're listed as one of these teams that are in talks because of what it would take. If there's that many teams, you also have to think about it. Drew Holiday went for, like, three first-round picks, swaps, and, like, all this stuff, right? And Drew Holiday's a lot older than Aaron Gordon. So is Aaron Gordon Uh, He's a lot better, too. He's a lot better, for sure. Um, but he also is a lot younger. His deal is a lot better than, than Drew Holiday's, and so there's other factors in that as well. But my, my point in bringing up Drew Holiday is that there was a bidding war for Drew Holiday, and the price went up, yeah. right? And so you're not getting him at his you're not getting him at a KP price, right? Where the Mavs got KP for the price they did because they came out of nowhere and were like, hey, you guys, you know, KP asked for a trade. They're like, Yeah, he did. All right, you want to give him to us? And they're like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> and also the Mavs yeah. got him. Uh and now, a couple of years later, we're like, oh, was it worth it? Yeah, it still was. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. I, I was more, I'm I'm more anti that proposed package for Gordon than I am Gordon's fit in Dallas. I think his fit in Dallas would be fine. For sure. Giving a, be fine. I think there's a difference between fine and it would take the you know Mavericks to a whole different level. So, yeah. Um, As we're talking here, Locked On Nuggets host and a guy from the Action Network all around, just uh, godfather of, of NBA internet, Matt Moore. Hardwood Paraxium on Twitter said that the Boston Celtics are the current front runner for Aaron Gordon, having matched the Rockets offer of two first round picks as part of a larger offer. He said the deal is not done. Uh, it's also being reported that Evan Fournier would be part of that deal as well to go to Boston. So that was another name that was it. Jake Fisher mentioned that yeah. on Bleacher Report that the Mavericks are possibly interested in Evan Fournier. So Aaron Gordon and Fournier go to Boston. All of a sudden that takes two names off the list for the Mavericks. But once again, when here's the angle where my my mind goes in a lot of these conversation, when if if something like that happens, what's the return package? I, I get that you know they have a huge trade exception and all that stuff, but if they if another team has to create space, to, you know, for a guy, let's just say Marcus Smart's in that deal, and Marcus Smart goes to Orlando, a team that's you know probably rebuilding and stuff right now. Can you go get Marcus Smart from Orlando at that point? Those are the type of how can Dallas would I rather have Marcus Smart than Aaron Gordon? Maybe. Yeah, I think Boston Boston fans would freak out if they gave up Marcus Smart for. I think so too. But anyway, Evan Fournier. My whole thing is yeah. I mean, I think Jake Fisher said in Bleacher Report thing of saying, you know, James Johnson, two second rounders. Love James Johnson, but if they're not going to play James Johnson, and you basically just take his name out of him and say, hey, we're going to turn that contract in two seconds into you know a pretty solid shooter scorer off the bench sure sign me up like if that was just the cost of that then i would be fine with that i i don't think it's a coincidence that he's not playing right now and just away from the team right like and posting that he's at the team facility and all this and then he's just not playing and out for you know whatever reason uh, I think I think they're talking about him in deals, and that sixteen million dollar expiring is just too good to not try in a trade for something, right? Packaged with one of these young guys or a pick or something. Yeah. I just it's too much of a coincidence. The other name you said that Jake Fisher mentioned on Bleacher Report was Norman Powell. That name's mm. kind of interesting. He would be pretty yes, good off is. the bench for the Mavericks. Uh, I like Norman Powell. 
shooting guard from the Raptors that could, uh, you know, he can drive a little bit, he can shoot a little bit, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. And so that would be really interesting for the Mavericks. Uh, yeah, I don't really have too many thoughts on on Evan Fournier. Do you? Wait, are we going back to Fournier or? I'm sorry, Norman Powell. Sorry, I got my shooting uh, guards confused. <laughs> Norman like, Powell makes. Go- are you Googling Fournier over there? 11. <laughs> I got real distracted. <laughs> 11 million this year. And then he has an $11.6 million player option next season. He's opting out. <laughs> so I think he's probably opting out of that. He's but, having a monster year this year. He had 43 the other night, also. Yeah. So he can put, he can light it up um, at times. He's kind of been a player that's been all over the place for the Raptors though. He's like had seasons where Raptors fans are like, why are we playing Norman Powell at all? Stop playing Norman Powell. Right. And then this year it's like play Norman Powell more. So it's really interesting with him, but that's an interesting name. Uh, the Raptors are competing. Uh, their season might be over, but they have, they have stretches where they compete. And so I'd be interested to see if they're starting to sell off pieces or do something. If I mean, anything, OG, if OG, I know that's the name. <laughs> that's the name we really want. But could they do like an Aaron Baines and, um, and Norman Powell for something for the Mavs, like a young player and that James Johnson contract, right? If they decide to do something like that and that the Raptors decide, Hey, we're just going to blow it up or we're going to, you know, start selling off pieces to get yeah. some future assets. Maybe. I could see Norm Powell getting traded more than Lowry over the next few days. Yeah. Just yeah. because he's going to opt out. And if Masai is not willing to pony up some cash for him, then go ahead and get something for him. Get something for him. Uh, the last name that we'll bring up, and this is trade deadline week, so we're going to go a little long today. Oladipo. Uh, league sources say that Houston and Orlando discussed a, a deal that would involve Gordon landing with the Rockets and Victor Oladipo going back to the Magic, where he started his career. Um, and then... Uh, or a third team that Oladipo would have no future in Orlando, that he would go to a third team. And that's kind of where I'm like, interesting. That could be the Mavericks, right? The Mavericks come in and be that third team and uh, get Oladipo in the process of some kind of pick where Aaron Gordon goes to the Rockets. Uh, Shams also reported it may just take a second-round pick to get Oladipo from the Rockets, which is pretty wild, right? Like They're asking for a first, but if they can't get that, then they might just take a second. He's had, He has injury history. He's a free agent this summer. I'm going to guess he's not going to re-sign with the 20 loss in a row, possibly 21 loss in a row, Rockets. And so, uh, yeah, that would be a really interesting one for the Mavs too because, and this is the same with, with John Collins and the same with Oladipo and a couple of these other guys. If the Mavericks trade for one of these guys, then you have the bird rights to re-sign Oladipo, you know Tim Hardaway Jr. and Josh Richardson. If you don't if you don't trade for one of these guys, then you have to figure out what what to do with your cap space, then re-signing guys and all that. It's kind of one of those things where you have to just shift pieces around. You can fit two of those three in, but you can't fit all three of those in unless you make a trade for some guy now. Yes, y'all know I'm all about Oladipo. If especially for what the cost is or what's being reported, if I'm all about. I think Dallas should swing for it right now. They should have swung for it yesterday if they could have. And I'm I'm weirdly in that corner. Um, I would love that. I there's there's a part in me that thinks that the Rockets and especially like Tillman Fertitta wouldn't want to trade with the Mavericks just because they're in the same state and do something dumb like that. Where, oh, they're in the same division. We don't want to send him to a division rival. You know what oh I mean? Doesn't it just seem like they would do something like that? Tillman needs to worry about salt grass right now. <laughs> Uh, Oladipo making just 21 million this year. So it's not like he's this huge $30 million deal. The maps have to find space for like, that's pretty easy to put together some contracts for. Yes. 
Uh, Oladipo, the last one. The last one was, is Dinwiddie. We talked about Dinwiddie in the past. We talked about him in our secondary creator um, podcast a couple days ago. Broken point guard Spencer Dinwiddie is, is sidelined with a torn ACL, but the Nets have explored deals for a defensive-oriented wing, and they previously had chased P.J. Tucker you know, before the Bucks won the bidding war. That was from KOC. Interesting that they're looking for trades for him. Is that something you would do, even though he's sidelined this year with an injury? It's kind of a future play. You can do the same similar thing where you can re-sign him with bird rights as well as Richardson, as well as Tim Hardaway Jr. I think he'd be great as that secondary creator. He's a really good player, and uh, he just hasn't had a lot of shine because he's been hurt. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, yeah. I I love Dinwiddie. I know Dallas has liked Dinwiddie uh, previously, and – you know, if you could go get him, especially if you're looking at if it's like right before the deadline, Brooklyn's saying, hey, I, I want something, something for Dinwiddie. He's not going to play the rest of the year. We don't know if we want to give a lot of cash to him in the offseason. We need some type of piece for Dinwiddie. And Dallas Center saying, all right, well, let's make a move for him and we'll have his rights going into the offseason. He would be a fit next to Luca next year, providing he's healthy and all that. So, yeah, I, I would love a chance to have Dinwiddie. Let us know what you think. Tweet us at Locked on Maps, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris. And uh, we will see you guys back tomorrow. Mavericks don't play till Wednesday, so we will be live for the post game. But we'll do another trade pod tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. So, boom. Trey Young, you know what I'm saying? Batman, you're supposed to be robbing, bro. And he don't know, he don't know his role. Play your role, bro. He don't know his role. He don't know how to play his role. So, nah, bro.